0: Hey, everybody. Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting podcast. Great news here. We are actually kicking off a three-part comedy series for you right now. It's called the Grantham Croydon All Wonder Adventure Show. Yes, that is a mouthful. A three-part series here, so you got to listen for the next three weeks. Tonight, we are introducing episode one, and introducing it with me is the writer of the piece, the brainchild behind it, James Napoli. Hi, everyone. Hello, James. You
1: never know where
0: Grantham's gonna go. Thank <laughs> you. That's a little nod to Rob Eisenberg, who wrote the theme song. This is such a wild and crazy piece, the Grantham Croydon All Wonder Adventure Show. So wild and crazy, we broke it up into three parts. Talk a little bit about the style of this piece, because it's a very, very specific form of of performance and comedy. We're about to hear. What 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 are people going to hear with the Grantham Croydon? Yeah, show?
1: sure. To help listeners frame what they're going uh, to yeah, hear absolutely. Here. Um, it is without a doubt. Uh, based on, I guess you could say based on, but certainly inspired by The Goon Show, mm-hmm. which was a 1950s into the early 60s British radio comedy show which featured uh, Peter Sellers yes. in one of his uh, early incarnations and was created by Spike Milligan, the great uh, British comedian. So I discovered this when I was into the whole British Monty Python thing, you know, right. yeah. and my brother, who had worked with a lot of British people where he lived, he got me these tapes of The Goon Show. hmm and then I started researching The Goon Show. And so another good way to describe it is I saw an article on The Goon Show, and they called them Surrealists with Sound.
0: <laughs> Very good.
1: And so what it was was a collection of strange characters mm-hmm. all interacting with each other in strange ways. I guess that's the only way to put it. And, and, and it becomes their own universe. Right. Back then, when they did that show, their anchor character was named Nettie Seagoon, <laughs>
0: yes.
1: played by Harry Seacombe. The, the British uh, comedian. And he was the, f- the the centerpiece around which everything resolved. And he got into these crazy adventures. But right. each week, he would meet the same ridiculous cast of people. <laughs> yes. Whether they be uh, an old grandmother, uh, an old uh, British army major, they all somehow wended their way into his life. Right. And so it was that idea of just off the cuff, strange things. Mm-hmm. Very silly jokes. Yes. Oftentimes, just very, very silly. Right. And uh, you're, you're making me realize how hard it is to define it. It is. But very I hope hard. that idea of surrealism with sound is, is I think kind
0: that's of a great description of it. I think. What I too, when I think about something like this too, it I would almost call it understated comedy in a way. But really, there is no like there is no like setups and jokes. I think with a piece like this, it's almost like every single line is meant to be. Funny or a piece of obscure comedy. That's the way I sort of think about it in directing it and even performing in it. It's that as Grantham. Yeah, thank you, as Grantham. I got to be Grantham in the Adventure Show. I was I, I was greedy with this role when you brought it to <laughs> us. I was like, oh, I'm taking this one. <laughs> but it, that's really what it is. It's like really, you, you know, we're not we're not setting up we're not setting up uh, traditional comedy jokes here where it's like set up set up payoff. You know, it really is just like a whole bunch of like obscure setup comedy jokes that's really what this style is
1: whatever will plunge the people in the story into the next ridiculous and absurd
0: situation Let's do it. That's right. (laughs) And so this piece, Grant Croydon All Wonder Adventure Show, follows a wealthy billionaire. And exactly as you said, the kooky world he falls into, the characters and adventures and misadventures that he seems to get into. He's a very sheltered billionaire. Yes, very sheltered. He hasn't
1: seen much of the world, but we'll talk about that the next time.
0: Absolutely. Let's get into this one, though, so everybody can enjoy it at home. But hey, make sure you tune in for the next two weeks because we'll have episodes two and three. And James will be introducing those with me and giving you a little bit more tidbits about it. But for right now, enjoy episode one. James, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, great to be here. Here we go, launching into it. Exciting stuff the Grantham Croydon All Wonder Adventure Show.
2: new frequency, a theater of the mind, on the air, on the air. in three, coming pretty clever, in two, overcome by a dreadful, dreadful. dreadful reaction, in one, one. New it's like nothing I have ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> <Callin' all freaks. laughs> all freaks now.
3: Attention, your attention please, if I could have your attention please. By special arrangement with the theater arts department at UC Irvine, the part of the male carrier in today's program will be played by a specially selected intern from the college's fourth year inflection workshop. Oh, yeah. And now on the radio, it's the Grantham Croydon All Wonder Adventure Show! Yay! Tonight's episode, Meet Grantham Croydon, brought to you by the following sound...
2: I sat in a large armchair by the fire in my study. Oh, sorry, pussy. (laughs) As I was saying. I sat in a large armchair by the fire in my study. There wasn't a fire in my study. That is to say, there is a fire in the fireplace, and I am sitting in front of it. My name is Edward Edward Edwards. Yes, it really is Faithful manservant to Grantham Croydon Who was, until recently, the wealthiest man on earth And from whom I have not heard a single word Since his departure several months ago Well, perhaps that's young Perhaps he has returned to tell me all about I wonder who that could be Why, it's the mail carrier. Here is your mail. Oh, my, they really are doing excellent work over at UC Irvine, are they not? (laughs) The young mail carrier, left without a word, before I could ask him how it was he showed up in the middle of the night. Ah, but this was only the beginning of the strange things I would encounter, as I clutched the envelope to me in great anticipation. It was addressed in Master Grantham's handwriting. Before I opened it, my mind cast itself back to a similar evening only months before.
4: Edward, Edward, Edward! I'm leaving! Oh,
2: Master Grantham, must you call me by my full name? You know it annoys me. I'm sorry. Bad enough some men have to have two first names, like Gary Stewart or Michael Thomas. I have to have all three the same. My parents were insane.
5: Hello, son!
2: And still are.
4: Damn it, Edwards, I am trying to tell you that I am leaving.
2: That's impossible, sir. You know very well the provisions of your family will. Why, after each of your family members died before the age of 30 in rapid succession, you were left... I was left with $279
4: billion trillion. On
2: the condition that... I never leave this house. Not even to fetch the morning paper or a loaf of bread from the corner store. Deprived even of radio and television. But they died. When you were still a small child. And now I'm uh... a... Somewhat grown. Man of 33. And all I know of life is. the tiresome routine of structured meal times, daily exercise regimens, the classics of literature, and being waited upon hand and foot.
4: Damn, you're good.
2: Yeah.
4: But the point is, I am leaving. But
2: we'll lose all the money. But, Your Honor. The retainer, I know, but I. Miss me? No. Oh.
4: What were you going to say?
2: I was testing you. Why? To see if you could finish other people's sentences as well as I. <laughs>
4: Don't you see? It's time I threw caution to the wind.
2: Why, I've never even kissed a girl. You kissed me that time. I didn't enjoy it. Oh, thanks a pant load. <laughs> I am leaving, Edwards. I am starting from scratch. But what have you... I got to show for myself... Yeah! ...this screenplay.
1: <laughs>
2: Let me see that. Everything I ever needed to know I learned from Edward. Oh, how sweet. But you've never even seen a film.
4: Well, I read a book about screenplays
2: by Mrs. Fields,
4: and (laughs) apparently they are very easily reduced to a formula which can be copied ad infinitum. But surely this cookie This
6: screenplay
4: conveys all the longing in my soul and incorporates all I have learned from the classics of literature. I, Grantham Croydon, must share it with the world. Goodbye, Edward, Edward, Edward. You swine...
2: Evidently, We're back in the present time <laughs> <laughs> And that was the last I heard from him Now I shall open this letter <laughs> Which evidently has been printed on a redwood log <laughs> And you and I will discover together What has transpired in the brand new life Of Grantham Croydon
4: Dear Just One Edward, please excuse my tardiness in writing, but I have every good reason for the delay. I haven't had a moment to pick up a pen since stepping out the front door of our mansion. Okay, well, I did have one moment between the front door and the street, but nothing happened that would have merited a word to you. In any event, the first thing that did happen was I was approached by a woman with a harp.
6: Well, Mr. Jump Back, what an aura you got on you. Uh, what? It's like there's nothing there, but in like a totally beautiful way, like you're an empty vessel. Look, why are you carrying around that harp? Isn't it heavy? I'll tell you what's heavy. It's that it's walking around with me. Oh, um, well,
4: I remember. I have written a screenplay. And I need to get to a
6: place called
4: Hollywood. Oh,
6: you don't want to go there. Oh. what was your name again? Grantham,
4: Grantham, Croydon.
6: Okay, Grantham, Grantham, Croydon. No, no, no,
4: there's only one Grantham in it.
6: Well, then why did you tell me there were two? Listen, if we're going to be lovers, then you have got to know that I take everything at face value. What? All
7: right. How many times have I told you spiritually-centered women with harps not to bother the good people of this here town?
6: Cheese it, it's the fuzz. Oh, sorry there, Officer O'Furniture.
7: Please, call me Patty.
3: Listeners, a brief interruption. Do you feel like life is passing you by? Can you never get the last bit of liquid out of that square cardboard juice container that comes with its own straw? The Foundation for Just These Sorts of Things urges you to make a donation today.
8: Hi, this is me on behalf of the Foundation for Just These Sorts of Things. Now, have you ever dialed a number and then the phone line just sits there like it's going, Duh... And then you realize that it just isn't going to connect Well, the foundation for just these sorts of things no, All ah, right. how th-
7: many times have I told you spokespeople For fictitious philanthropies Not to bother the good people of this here town
6: Hey, Grantham, the cop's distracted Hop on the harp So long, copper
7: Oh, my scars The poor hapless trillionaire's been whisked away on the harp of Lady Jody Before I had a chance to warn him
4: and so, dear Edward, was I whisked away on the mysterious harp of the woman who would reveal herself as Jody Leviticus, the co-founder of the Church of Divine Solipsism.
6: Yeah. So anyway, Grantham, I feel the harp gives me a little credibility. I mean, my competition—they show up for one of those sessions with one of those CDs that plays the sound of the ocean, please. With this baby, they fall asleep twenty percent faster, and I still got my non-refundable deposit. You know? You sure you don't mind me have my arms around your waist like this? Not at all. In fact, I—damn a blowout! Brace yourself. <laughs>
4: skidded away from me at a remarkable pace, her body pitching out of sight over what seemed like a cliffside. I rolled and tumbled in the complete opposite direction, regaining my senses in a fog-enshrouded wetland. At least I think it was a fog-enshrouded wetland... Having never actually seen one before, however, Thomas Hardy's Jude the Obscure sprang readily to mind, so my assessment was most likely a fair approximation. <gasps> it was only then that I realized my screenplay
3: had been flung from my hands! And just in time for an abrupt locale
4: change. Hey, wait a minute! This is supposed to be a letter that I am writing to Edward, Edward,
3: Edwards! Fine.
4: How can something be happening if I'm not there to tell it?
3: You already know what happened when you weren't there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to write the story.
2: Is this making sense to anyone?
3: Away with you, minion of UC Irvine. You'll never get my job. Anyway, didn't you ever see Sunset Boulevard or American Beauty? Dead people narrate those things. Look, if a freaking stiff can narrate a movie, you can damn well cover yourself during an abrupt locale change.
4: Why do you have to hurt?
3: Get over it. And so Grantham's script was flung from his hands and the wind took it, setting it down outside of Stucky's in Okeechobee, Florida.
7: Golly, Mr. Farge, that was the best two-day-old hot dog I've ever had. Ah, uh, yes. The way they let them roll around in their own grease on that machine. Mm-hmm. Well, Listless, it's like I always said. You don't have to skip just because you're traveling on I-95.
3: Yes, it was noted rogue racketeer and all-around swell Arnie the Arne Lafarge, along with Listless, his loyal sidekick and biographer.
7: Holy Gumbo, a screenplay! <laughs> Blown here by a strange wind. You want some strange wind? I'll have some for you in about two minutes. (laughs) I want to keep you around for your puns, boy. And why not? I studied at the Institute for Bad Puns and Self-Defense. Oh, hush my puppies, did you now? Yep, the pun jab. I ought to slap you, boy. Let's just have a look at this screenplay. All I ever needed to know I learned from Edward by Grantham Croydon. Hmm.
3: As the plot thickens like Elvis's arteries, we go back to the fog and shrouded wetland and meet Xenia, a sultry Russian sp... um... citizen, with a pair of Strykers to die for. She is at a crossroads in life.
8: Here I am, having a suitcase in each hand. My surname being complicated in Cyrillic, I have dropped it in the hopes of fitting in with the right crowd here in America. Now I have only one name, Zhenya. My letters to Sting, Sade, and Beck have gone unanswered, but I emulate them nonetheless. I am naive in a charming, begging-for-bread, inexperienced, typical American impression of most Russians kind of way.
3: Or so she says.
8: Oh, your American announcers are so obstreperous. Ooh, big word. In my homeland, announcers are happy to serve their purposes as scene-linkers, plot-movers. To them it is honor as high as the man who works in Moscow McDonald's.
3: Yes, well, please pull forward.
8: (laughs) Now then, where shall I go? To my left, a fog-enshrouded wetland. What is that signpost there? Private healthcare population 350 million. And that other signpost, socialized medicine everybody else. Ugh, too many people. The tiny hamlet of private healthcare beckons. These suitcases are getting heavy. You American sound effects men. The struggle of the proletary tecton means nothing to you. I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, uh, you nearly frightened me. What? Yeah. Never mind. I'm just glad you showed up so I could stop walking. Well, I was wondering if you passed my script on the way in. You have your script.
7: No, no, no,
4: not that one. My screenplay. Oh, your screenplay. Oh, do you know? Um, structured meal times, daily exercise regimens, the classics of literature, oh, and being waited upon hand and foot.
8: You were Michael Jackson? No, Grantham Croydon. Oh. Well, never mind then what I said about how much do you know.
4: Uh, I don't understand.
8: Quickly, in case there's anyone watching, pretend we are lovers. Well, how, how do I do that? Uh, how? Uh, I know. Here. In my suitcase. Here are some photographs by Robert Doineau. Look them over. Get back to me.
3: Folks, that joke was the winner of this week's highbrow pool. Robert Doisneau is a French photographer known for catching young love in the act of public displays of affection. Those of you who already knew that, now have five seconds to feel smug. <laughs> After which you really should get over yourselves.
8: Now then, Grantham, kiss me, you fool. Wow, I've never heard that line before. Do not trifle with my affections. No, honestly, I never have. Well, then kiss me now, or forsake a significant romantic subplot. Mm-hmm. Very well, here goes!
5: Hello there. I'm Alan Lymph, director of the University of California at Irvine's Inflection Workshop. <laughs> interrupting your program for just a moment. Have you ever considered a career in inflection? (laughs) In just four short years, you could be on your way to a sought-after position in this demanding field. Just talk to a recent graduate.
6: How do you do? How do you do? How do you? Do how do you do? Uh,
7: uh, yeah. yeah.
5: Yes. Oh, you can't imagine how young Melissa's talents are put into play in the world of international trade relations. And if you can't imagine it, you're just a sort we want applying to the U.C. Irvine Inflection Workshop. You'll be putting the emphasis on the right syllable before you know it. <sighs>
3: and now back to our program and the scene that would have dog-eared pages if it was in a book
4: only moments before i had never kissed a girl and now well need i tell you edwards how completely involved we were in our passionate embrace so much so that xenia continued making intimate noises long after i had paused to reflect On how much it happened to me in such a short amount of time Oh,
8: Grantham, once you realized our lips were supposed to touch It was clear-selling Well, I was so used
4: to Edward Edward Edward's elbow
7: Swine
8: <laughs> Enough of this idle chit-chat We must find gainful employment Help wanted sections Get your help wanted sections We'll take one
4: Great, that'll be absolutely nothing Great, here you go Okay, here's your change
8: Okay! okay. <laughs> hey, Zenya, look at this. Pre op transsexual seeks SWM into body sir. No, no,
4: no, the one next to that. Oh,
8: yes. Uh, Marianne K. Cosmetics seeks eager salespeople. Pink Cadillac included with sale of 8,000 vanishing creams. Well, let's go to this place immediately. Oh,
4: gosh, my first job. <laughs> let's go.
8: Oh, here, Zinya, let me help
4: you with those suitcases. Keep your hands off them! <laughs> ah! oh. Idea those suitcases were so important to you.
8: Oh, grant them no. I am the one who is sorry. Just do not touch them again, or I will disembowel you with a paper towel holder. Really? <laughs> oh, I have been taught that and much more. But that was all in another life. A life I am trying to put behind me like so much it's something you put behind you. <laughs> now let's go. My love. Love.
4: You know, somehow I believe it when you say it, even though you just beat the living crap out of me.
3: Meanwhile, in Jupiter, Florida, at the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater, rehearsals are underway for Jesus Christ Superstar. I
5: don't know
6: how to love him.
5: Ah, uh, come on, Geraldine. Where's the longing? Uh, give me something to work with here.
3: What?
5: Come on, you got the hots for this savior guy. You're warm for his form already.
3: Well, I, I just can't pull it out of thin air.
5: Oh, for the love of Mike, take five, you dumb dame. <coughs> the water works now. Holy jeez. Who does she have to sleep with to get me to kick her off this show?
7: Excuse me, uh,
5: Mr. Reynolds. Pardon me, Mac. Uh, you are Burt Reynolds, are you not? Uh, well, this is the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater, but I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm Burt Reynolds. That's right. Evening Shade, Boogie <laughs> Nights, Cannonball Run One and Two. That's me. Uh-huh. Well,
7: I am Annie LeFarge, and this is my biographer, Listless. How you doing? Yeah, great. Uh, can we make this quick? We gotta make this quick. I,
5: I've got to go drop the kids off at the pool. Okay.
7: Why don't you peruse this uh, screenplay? <laughs>
5: All I ever needed to know, I learned from Ed. <laughs> no, 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 no.
7: Next to that. Listless, you cornhusker. I thought I told you to scratch that out. I'm sorry, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Tuesdays with
5: Chicken Soup and God by Annie Lafarge. <laughs> That's you, huh? Maybe. Catchy title. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. <laughs> Boys, this script is stupendous. It's colossal. You guys are really onto something. What I'll do is I'll keep it, I'll show it to my agent. And, uh, you'll be hearing from me.
7: <laughs> Jeez, boss, I think he legged it. So he did. That dirty rat ran away with my plagiarized screenplay. Oh, crikey, is everyone in Jupiter, Florida this untrustworthy?
3: And for one final meanwhile, we go to a cliffside directly across from the fog enshrouded wetland.
6: Whoa, whoa! Hey, Grantham, where are you? Grantham? Oh, jeez, I hope the poor guy's okay. An aura like that only comes around once in a Hindu cycle. <gasps> Speaking of cycles, where's my harp? Oh, there you are, old girl. Oh, look at you, sweetheart. I think you threw a rod. Well, no harm in trying, old girl. <gasps> come on, come on. Oh yeah, you do harm, you duck.
2: And that, dear friends, is all that Grantham has written me in this, his first letter. Even though he didn't actually appear in those last scenes, I guess we can assume he knows what's happening when he isn't there. Otherwise, how could he have written the story? <laughs> in any case, friends, although I remain in deep conflict about my given name, I shall say that this is Edward Edward Edwards. Fine. signing off off for now and trusting that you along with me eagerly await the next communique describing the exploits and the brand new life of Grantham Croydon.
3: Good night. This has been the Grantham Croydon All Wonder Adventure Show. Until next time, don't believe everything you say.
2: Frequency. Signing off in three, two, one.